Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Drinking by Stormlight, where we read high fantasy and drink mid-tier wines. Woo! Um, I am the resident expert, um, who's, you know, relatively versed anyway. Oh, and I am not the relative, relative <laughs> expert. <laughs> nice. I, I do not read fantasy, and this is kind of my first time, so we read it and... You let me know what I need. And what better way to start than with Sanderson's magnum opus, the Stormlight Archive? Well, first things first here, we have a wine to review. Yes. All right. The wine that we're drinking this time. Do you, can you, can you tell us what the name of it is? 19 Crimes. 19 Crimes. Now, there's just a little bit of story behind this. Oh, Uh, I saw it at a dinner party a while ago, (laughs) and apparently you can download an app and you can, like, scan the guy's face who's on the label and he'll, like, tell you his story, but, like, why he... What? God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a whole thing where, like, you know... You the, scan his face? Yeah, well, you, like, put the camera up to his face, and he, like, tells you what he did. He tells you on the camera? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously not him. It's like, a, it looks like a Harry Potter... I was uh, going to say, doesn't that like the Harry Potter yeah. and Disney So these guys world? got sentenced to, to transportation, so, like, they had to go to the Australian penal colony and, and set it up. And so this wine kind of, like, celebrates their... Uh, their crimes? Yeah, the, the rules they broke and the new world they had... A, create an Australia kind of thing. What? Yeah, it's kind of cool. So, cheers. Oh, cheers. Well, who's our guy? Well, I don't, I don't know. Did you, you didn't even look I, it up. I didn't even look it oh, up. Oh, no, I didn't. no. <laughs> you get this really cool bottle of wine, and then you can't even tell me well, oh, who the geez. guy is? It was a whole oh. thing. You have to download an app and do a thing. Oh, yeah. how, how much cooler that could have been. been. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a little... I, mean, I remember being a gimmick anyway, but let's just see how this thing... Okay. Tastes. Well, cheers to another episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, we know how earlier we said we drink mid-tier wines. Yeah. This is like a definite mid-tier wine. <laughs> uh, what, what, I don't know. It just tastes like wine. What does that mean? I don't know. There's nothing do, do we, to do it. Do we not drink mid-tier wine? Well, I mean, sometimes it was like that barrel one was really cool or, or whatever. This is just like, oh, yeah, this is... I, this is wine. It's drinkable. I, I think it's like a real faux pas to put ice in your wine. Yeah. But I kind of want to put ice in it. It's a bit warm. That's not that strange. But, uh, yeah. Well, I we think, live in a desert. It's I, warm, do, I, think, so. I think it should have gone in the fridge or something. It probably would have tasted a bit better. Don't know? Just me? Maybe. You know, they have wine coolers. It puts it down to the temperature it should be, but we we're not probably that should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back to the book. Okay, this is a wine. And if you ever want to drink it, it is drinkable. How about that? Drinkable. <laughs> you can drink it. I would not recommend it giving it to a, other people. It has a cool gimmick. Got a cool gimmick, though. Yeah. That you couldn't even tell us about. But anyways. <laughs> this week, we are starting with chapter 41. I must tell you, it's getting much better of a book. You I read, say that every week, though. Well, I know, but I read this this week's chapters a lot quicker than the previous week's chapters and then I got really busy and I had to stop but I did read a lot quicker this time oh that's awesome yes yeah well if you thought part three goes fast part four is even better yeah oh, yeah I don't even know I was never not able to put part four down you know once I started getting into it and you're like oh my gosh starting with chapter 41 uh this is the one where um Yes. Rashon and his and his kid were attacked by that white spine, and they had to go into the surgery. And can I? It was a white spine, but for some reason they had an axle hound. 
An axe hound. An it's axe like a dog, hound. but like a, a crab, crab crab dog. Why wouldn't they have the, what was it again? Axe hounds? No, what are the- White spine. A white spine as picture. I feel like that was like a lost opportunity. They have white spines in other parts, yeah. But I didn't see what it looked like. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's just like a giant, terrible, horrible monster with spikes on it. It's really all you need to know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's got these spines on it that are, you know, they're really deep in there. Yeah, that's all I really need to know. I mean, for this point. I mean, I want to say in the next book, they have one of those, like, drawings of a white spine. Okay. I want to say one of those, like, Shallon sketches is in, uh, okay. in Words Radiance. Why was an axe-hound important? Well, because it's just... World building, axe hounds. It's like a, you know, it's like, oh, this is what they consider dogs, but they don't have a concept of what a dog is. It's like a crab thing. They're crabs or they're dogs. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you notice, all the animals are kind of like crabby, you know? Oh, my gosh. It's like Roshar, you know, we used to be underwater or something, and now they're all just like crab animals. And then the other ones are weird to the humans, right? Anyway. Um, I think they have horses, too, don't they? They have horses. They have horses, yeah. But they got these weird, like, crab things. You know, like the great shells and the axe hounds and the little kremlings. It seems a little odd, but okay. <laughs> it's odd, yeah. Well, it's a whole different planet, okay. honey. Okay, I yeah. know. I'm <clears throat> oh, my God, my little crab dog. Ah, yeah. crab people. Okay, Okay, so Kaladin is uh, he's helping out his dad uh, with, with Liren in the, in the surgery, and basically, long story short, Liren has to let the Russian son die yes. uh, because he can't help him right? he's just beyond saving and then Roshan's all pissy about it and then Kaladin's like oh man like just let your knife slip and just cut that artery and all of our problems would be gone and Laren basically says oh someone's gotta take that first step to be honorable you know and it's this huge like lesson for Kaladin and Kaladin's telling himself you know I could do it I could've just killed him and whatever um, but yeah and then, and then there's also another big one for Kaladin that comes up perhaps later I'm not going to spoil anything it for does. you. It but comes just up later. Uh, there's oh, a part before. where Kaladin says that you have to accept that there's you cannot save. That's actually really important to this thing. Oh. He said that earlier, though. Yeah. Who said that earlier? Oh, Liren said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I guess this one kind of like... You have to learn to let it go. This one kind of like drove it home, maybe. Oh, is it the brother? Oh, I don't know. It's the brother. I know the brother dies, but I just can't. Oh, I, I guess don't... in this one, I mean, every one, it's like he, he said, like, you have to protect those... Like, even if you hate him, like, he, we hate Rochon. Right. But, like, you still have to save him. Yeah. And so, I like, guess another lesson that Kaladin just isn't ready to get yet. What I was thinking about is Laurel was there, like, screaming, right, oh, when they brought yeah. him in. And all I kept thinking about was Laurel and Kaladin's relationship or the demise of and how, like, awkward that is that this your ex-girlfriend who you were supposed to marry who snubbed you the last time you saw her and then now she's now you're like fixing up her douchey boyfriend <laughs> I was like what a weird sort of dynamic going on I was like I can see why Kaladin's kind of pissed like Kaladin didn't go and kill the boyfriend right or yeah. not help his dad and be like I'm not helping you right you know, he went and he helped and he did his job so I, I'm not going to hold the whole you need to help people no matter what against him. He's a kid, he's learning, and he did go and help his dad. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah. Like, so I'm not going to hold it against him. Yeah. Um, the other thing that brought to light was how shitty Roshan is at politics. He's been shitting on the surgeon the entire time because he's all pissed off that he has to be there. 
right? Right. And it's like, yeah. you were clearly not good enough to be put somewhere else. So clearly you're not fantastic either. So let's just Rashawn. take a chill pill, dude. Yeah. Especially because you're going to have to depend on this guy to save your life later. Right. And, but he also, I forget how I got here, but I was like, ooh, like he just tends to run off of like emotion a little bit more than logic. Hmm, Rashawn. Rashawn. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I was just that... That's what I kind of got from this chapter a little bit. And he's a bit of a spoiled brat. Like, he's always used to getting his way and stuff. Like, yes. whatever he says, he's just used to people... He's a terrible leader. ...surrounding him and getting him. Yes, exactly. He's an awful leader. You know, and I feel bad. I really do feel bad for that he lost his son. That's absolutely tragic. Yeah. I get that. There's a parallel with a foil between Laren, Colin's father... Kaladin's father, and then Roshan. And so Liren's son also dies. And so there's, like, they're, they're kind of going through similar, like, similar life paths. Things. And, uh, but Liren know, is, how react to it is, Liren is such a superb human being, though. I mean, like, I don't know. Okay, because in, in our, in Earth, you know, doctors have to take the oath, like, you will do harm. harm. And I, this is exactly why they have that kind of oath in there. So you're not picking and choosing who you'll save and who you don't. Because honestly, that gives a little bit too much power to the surgeons. Okay. Right? So it's just, I don't know if they have, I don't think they have an oath like that in this world. So it's just kind of like Liren just automatically has it. And he's just such a superb human being. Yeah. No, he's definitely a model there. And it's interesting because Calder and his father have a lot of conflicts. Right? Like, yeah. obviously, there's some stuff going on. But it kind of embodies the inner turmoil for the what Kaladin has to end up being. And it's, uh, it's really awesome. You're going to get a lot of that later. All right. So now we, uh, we switch back over to good old Shallon. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where Shallon and Jazz are talking about, oh, you, are, you, you, you were right to kill them. But, uh, you know, it was unethical, although that technically there's nothing anyone can do about it because yes. it's kind of legal. But it was just still okay. wrong. And so Jazz was like, ooh, you're so smart. Because it's her intentions behind it that make it wrong, correct? That's what she was arguing about. Yes, like what you did while they were going to attack you, so obviously you were allowed to defend yourself, but your intention was to go there to get attacked so that you could kill them. Right. So so everything's perspective. Right, and so you kind of get a little bit of a moral relativism. Not really moral relativism, because... She's 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 emphasizing the intent of yeah. your actions, whereas there's a little bit of a uh, there's a little bit of a theme going on with like whether you act within the law or whether you act within the spirit of that law, and there's a little bit right. of that conflict, especially because it's Caliban's book, and you, you you'll come back to this later in the series and be like, oh, it makes a lot of sense actually. There's like okay. a lot of illusions for that, but there's a there's that theme that goes on about like honor versus like the law kind of thing, maybe right. But then it's also Jazz, from Jasmine's perspective, like, yes, her intention was going in to kill them, but it was also so that she could save other people's lives. So she's, like, rooting out the bad guys before they go to something else. Yes. Yeah. Which, technically, I can see that they, she knows, how did she know that those particular guys had done something bad before? She didn't. So... And she doesn't know they're going to do something in the future. Yes. And yeah. so it was like, but so had they just not gotten caught yet? And then on that instinct, it's like, well, but then you get into the whole, you know, like superhero aspect of it. Right. Of the vigilante. Like, do they deserve to die because they're going to beat you up in an alleyway or thieve you or mug you or whatever uh, it was? I mean, 
even uh, even like you know various various offenses of different punishments. You right. know, like you don't just go get to get the death penalty for being for raping somebody, for example. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a horrible thing, but like that's we're, not instant we're, death. Aren't they gonna kill them? I, I don't. I don't remember exactly. I just remember shallowing into the alleyway, and these guys are gonna jump on them, and then she just obliterated them. She's like turn one guy into fire, right? Yeah. So like she's saying, rob them. She's John's like, oh, well, I was gonna protect other people, but it's like, yeah, but they're doing petty crimes. <laughs> you don't just get to murder people for petty crimes. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, like for if they sure. were just cutthroat murderers and they had some, did some premeditated stuff and yeah. they like planned it out to kill you. That's but one you thing. were just saying like, I look at all these jewels I have. Yeah, you're just you know offing up all your yeah. Hey, look at me, come steal from me. Yeah. I'm a rich person in a hard part of town. They were defending, she was like defending herself from getting robbed, so they died. I don't know. Right, it's I guess it's the also idea of like entrapment versus like. Yeah. Yeah. So entrapment. That. Anyway, so then she goes in and she uh, she she sneaks into Jasmine's office, right? And she like looks at her notebooks. And she sees that it's focused on the, like the Tonaton, the hills, and like their void bringers. And she's like, well, why is Jasmine? Jasmine's like a heretic. And she doesn't believe in these stuff. So why is she so focused on these void bringers, which are these like yeah. mythical realm of people which caswell says in this chapter like oh it's she's trying to disprove them yeah but didn't she say earlier that she is a uh veristatalian and i was like i don't really know what the difference is between a historian and a say the word again veristatalian veristatalian versatile yeah whatever i didn't understand what the difference is the historian just kind of looks for the this might be accurate and like she really thinks it's accurate mm. but I don't one's more intense than Jasmine's the other. whole shtick is that so I mean, there I has to be some natural explanation I don't think things. that I'd actually want to go with a historian who's not a Barista Italian yes yep I'm not even going to try to pronounce that <laughs> <laughs> so then we get good old capsule showing up over some bread and jam yeah the jam thing's they, getting weird yeah the jam gets oh, a little is it isn't in before that, that the the ghost it says, "Who are you?" Oh yeah, yeah. There's that maid who's like, "I didn't say anything," and she's like, "Oh wait, who is that?" Oh, so, is who is who's this ghost supposed to be? And because there was also the ghost writing, like she was drawing the picture of, of the, the other symbol heads, the symbol headed people. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That you see in the in the very front cover. Very, very interesting. Yeah, you, you find out who they How are. do they, how does the ghost not know who Chalon is? She says, who are she? They're curious. Obviously, they don't really know what she's all about, but she's a very interesting individual. Who, but, but do we find out later who those ghosts are? You figure it out later, yes. Okay, that's, of course. That's fantastic. <clears throat> and also, um, this is another thing that makes me question Chalon's character, is that she tries to blame the stolen soul caster on the maid this chapter, I believe. <laughs> does she really? Oh. Oh, jeez, it was the maid. Oopsies. Because uh, she's like, oh, were you over there in Jasna's? She doesn't She doesn't like it when you're in there to go, why don't you go tell Jasna what you did? Uh, you don't remember that? I don't remember that very vaguely. Oh. So she's offing it on the maid. She's trying to wow. lose it. What? First off, they're not going to find it on the maid, and then they'll just assume the maid sold it, and then you're going to kill the maid? Um, have you seen what Jazz, what Shallon's been up to? She's, that's not that big of a deal for her. Well, I, I mean, she's done, like, a little bit of petty theft with yep. Soulcaster, right? 
She's obviously very deceptive and manipulative, Mm -hmm. but then she's going to put, she's going to essentially murder this maid if she blames it on the maid. But, oh, we have a really big problem with Jasna killing thieves. Remember Shallon's intent behind things. She is going to not give a shit about some random maid because her family is destitute and people she care about Need the soul caster. But then why would she care so much about the petty thieves then? Because she was studying it for Jasna as like a academic exercise. It just seems a bit hypocritical. And it is hypocritical because it also kind of justifies post-less facto her still on the soul caster. Because you can say, oh, Jasmine did this. We can't trust her with this. You know, at the very beginning, I read Shallon as I did not like her. Mm. I was on to something. You were on to something there. Well, she's got a lot. She's got a lot of problems. Shella does. Okay, but the way you were you were talking to me to her, it was, I thought maybe she would like come around. Maybe I would like her later. You kind of will like her later. And I don't believe you. Yeah, you, you kind of. You see what I mean? I just I don't really know how. Well, you won't like like her, but you will find her character very interesting. Whatever. Anyways. Yeah. So then Capsule and her, they start flirting, this and she's is, like, yes. "Oh, you're gonna leave the audience <laughs> This um, is when she should have shut it down. Yeah. She should have shut it down. Yeah. Well, He's saying, "Oh, I can leave the what is it? Ardentia. Ardentia. Which is like the priesthood. Yeah. He says, "I don't have to be an Arden or whatever." And I was like, "This guy who, at this point, you think he's an Arden and has a calling, and that this is his life, and he is." And he's going. He's saying he's going to leave it for you, and you don't think to yourself, "Hmm, I think it's getting a bit too serious. Maybe like, don't do that." Yeah. Well, Castle has his own uh, motivations for doing this. You know what I mean? It's not just that he likes her. Mm, no. He doesn't like her. I mean, he does. Maybe I don't know. But that's a thing. Okay, but anyways, yeah. we don't know that at this point in time. We found out that. Caspel is sort of falling in love with her, or at least we think he's falling in love with her, and she doesn't shut it down. Right. You shut it down, Shallon. Well, she's, what, how old is she, 17-year-old kid? She's getting attention from a handsome, hunky priest who's, you know, forbidden love and all that. Ooh. And Do, then, aren't uh, they getting married at this age? Uh, yeah, actually, I think they are. Yeah, or at least they're getting betrothed. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. You're on something. Anyways. Anyway. That upset me. So then we're moving on to uh, good old oh, Callie. She's, she's leaving. And, like, oh, didn't yeah. she come with, up with her, I got to get out of here Captain plan? Captain Todd's back. Was yeah. like, hey, I'm bouncing. You need to go quicker than that, Jalen. You need to go quicker than that. <laughs> you need to get the hell out of town. You're still hanging around with a soul caster underneath, like, a know. sleeve. She doesn't know. It's in a sleeve. Go You're away. just walking around with a get out. Here. That was my whole time. I was like, just leave. Just run away. What are you doing? Like you, sp- you spent enough time. There's no suspicion. Go. Go. You're not finding anything at the Palladium anyway that tells you to do uh-huh. it. You know? I mean, she's got her whole family as her, ba- as her backup um, story plan. And you know what? There's a bunch of other people in the world that know how to soul cast, and you can either ask them on the way home, mm-hmm. or you just figure it out. Run oh. away. I would be, like, terrified. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Eat myself up on the inside. I'm going to wait for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so let me go back to Kaladin. Such a sweet soul. I just, we go from Shallon, who's like this, I don't know, naive princess. (laughs) And then there's like Kaladin, this too humble, and he's, I don't know if he's humble or just naive. Okay. He is very naive. But anyway, so basically, he gets his new boss, 
Um, and they just beat his butt. Okay, well, before that, he's having this internal thing of, like, how did I, how am I surviving the storms? Oh, yeah. And it's like, Kaladin, you keep asking yourself the same question. At some point, you're going to have to be like, am I magical? (laughs) I don't know if he's just, like, too humble where he's like, oh, I just, you know... He just can't comprehend that he would be anything but, but normal. normal. Or human. So I guess he's a bit naive too. Or yeah, humility, you know? What do they say? Like, uh, well, because his thing isn't like, ooh, look at me. I'm so fantastic. I don't die. Everyone else dies. <laughs> he's sort of sad that everyone keeps dying around him. Well, I think that's also the like, little survivor's guilt. You know, like people in war and stuff have it often where yeah. it's like, why am I the only one that survived? Like, all my buddies are so dead. Like, that's horrible. And you actually get a lot of that. I think maybe that was what Brandon was trying to get with. Okay. Because he's like, why am I the only survivor? Like, he's not happy that he survived. I mean, you know, you would think if you haven't been in one of those situations before, that's what you would think. But, and honestly, you. Because he's a good human being. My point is, yeah. he's a good human well, he's being. He's great. And everyone, you love Kaladin yeah. because you, your heart just grudges out to him. He's like, oh my God. Yes, I think he's I a love little you. humble, but it's also like, come on, Kaladin. At some point, something, something's got to click. <laughs> How many times does this have to happen for you, dude? So yeah. they get the new head so guy. So they get the new head guy, and they, they beat his ass. Like, and he, like, grabs a spear, like he's going to stop it from happening. But then he, like, reconsiders it. He's like, oh, it's just too much of a fight. And he just well, takes no, it. And they, he you know. said that he, he saw what was going to happen, and he didn't want anyone else to get hurt because of him. What a man. I know. He's uh, so no. fantastic. That was such a good scene, though. Like, oh. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then they're back. What is it? They're back on chasm duty from now on. Yeah. Like, they're permanently on it. Yeah. And you want to say, like, oh, my gosh, Super what a horrible gross. thing this is. But, like, it's actually pretty cool because they can practice their spears more often well, and, like, do their whole thing. Does that happen in this one? Uh, did they make that decision? I think they did. Oh, okay. like, now they're trying to figure out now what we're going to do. Oh, they haven't started training yet. Yeah. And they're saying they're going to escape because chasm duty is really gross. I have a thought about the new head guy. Okay. But I wonder if they were put in charge of Bridge 4 with the intent of killing Kaladin. I mean, maybe. But, like, you put this guy out in a high storm and he survived. Like, how do you yeah. handle that? Well, that's why I'm like, if they're like, no, he has to, like, you have to somehow... Get rid of this guy. Get rid of this guy. Like, put him in the worst duty... Get get rid of him. So you think it's like a conspiracy against Kaladin? A conspiracy against Kaladin. Very well might be. Yep. Cool. But that's, yeah. That's, that's not true? That's probably not a thing. Okay. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah. So now they're in the thing. Uh, they're, they're talking about, hey, what are we going to do now? Everything's over. And Tef's like, dude, it's not about surviving. It's about the journey, the four destination, like that, that whole like radiant so thing. Teft is, Teft is awesome. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's pretty cool. Oh, okay. And then Syl is like, ooh, I like that. That's pretty cool. Mm. He's like, don't give up, Kaladin. You know? Because mm. Kaladin's whole thing is, oh, I'm so miserable and depressed. Mm. And everyone around me loves me. Well, yeah. I always live. Oh, I suck. <laughs> this is the worst ever. And then, uh, yeah. So then they, they, what did they come up with a plan to escape at that point? Yeah, I don't think they're actually going to escape, though. Why do you say that? I have very, there's just a little probability they're going to escape. But if they're always down in the chasms and they can get all this stuff, they can make it happen. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they'll, like, join the army or something. You see that they have, like, really good fighting skills later. Yeah. But he just... None of his other escape plans seem to work. And there's... I don't know. There just seems to be, like, there's going to... They're going to try to escape, and in the trying to escape, there's going to be some sort of, like, plot twist. Noted. Noted. Prediction number one of the podcast. <laughs> All right, so moving on, they get a little flashback. Back to Kaladin. They, uh, 
This is the one where basically uh, Roshon is, is, makes Amaran recruit Tien into the army, and everyone is like, what the hell's going on? And then, you know, Kaladin's like, take me instead. And like, no. You know, what does Amram say? He says something like, like... Uh, no, they take him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? But, but Rochelle, what does he say? He says, oh, it's my right. Like, this is by law, I can do this to you. Yeah. And he's like, you try to hide behind the law on these things, and now I can use the law to screw you. Yeah. Kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about how, like, Jasna was, like, operating within the law to do that, but she still killed those people. Like, that right. was a horrible intent. So, like, Rochelle is still operating within the law, whatever. But right. it's a hugely unethical thing to do. Like, and my problem was it wasn't that. hugely un. Well, I guess it was just a personal vendetta. That's that's my point was earlier was that Roshan only makes his decisions from emotions. Right. You killed your own son, Roshan. Like you brought him hunting. There are clearly dangers in hunting. It's not Liren who killed your kid. You can't blame Liren. But Roshan doesn't know how to apparently deal with his feelings, and so he's putting that on. Liren, because he even, I think on one of the quotes was like, you took my son, so I'm going to take yours. And I was like, but Liren didn't take your son. Yeah, In fact, no, Liren saved yeah. you. Exactly. Like, you were, he's so all over the place with emotions that he's not thinking logically. Yeah. And like, you have to imagine that Amram was like, damn it, because I wanted, like, big buff dudes to join my big buff army to go fight other big buff dudes. Yeah. And I'm stuck with, like, And Amram's like, well, I'll put him somewhere else because he clearly yeah. knows that something's up, like there's some sort of vendetta going on. Right. Which, like, I know... I didn't particularly like Amram in this, in this point because I know that he was technically within the law, but it's his army. Yeah, you could be like, no, no, I don't want Scrawny. Yeah, no. I don't want Steve Rogers pre, yeah. you know, injection. Yeah, no. Uh, I want Steve Rogers post injection, please. Yeah, give me that guy over there. Right. <clears throat> I thought that was so petty, and and not just even petty. I mean, that was just. Why are you pissing off the guy that just saved your life? Right. I just that was awful. It was so awful. Yeah, and I think that it's. Interesting because there's another thing that's going to set up right with you. Oh, and then he's going to marry Laurel or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's like, oh, well, if my son can't marry her, I guess I will. And yeah. you're like, ugh. Cringe, dude. Yeah, I hate to be, you know, like have to be married to someone like that. Yeah. So, yeah, this is first encounter. Like, this is one of Kaladin's, like, first conflicts. Yeah. Right? And Lyric has the money. Lyric can leave. What are you doing, Rashawn? Yeah, like your only surgeon could get out of here if you wanted to. Yeah. And you're being a jerk. And he, he has the money. You can't take the money from him. He can literally go wherever. It might not be the the most sought-after place, but someone will take him. Yeah. Better than you. For sure. This is one of like Kaladin's first conflicts, is he coming face-to-face with like mm-hmm. people acting dishonorably within the law that's set up mm-hmm. to regulate like your behaviors. Okay. And I feel like that's critically important. Okay. But like, you know, they don't see that until much later. But anyway, uh, and then Kaladin, what does he do? He acts kind of outside the whole system. Yeah. And he, you know, he uses all... his own honor to kind of go out there and protect Tien. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, he's my little brother and someone has to protect him. So I'm going to do it. And he yeah. kind of steps up and then like, that crushes Liren, right? Because he's like, both of my sons are gone now. You know, he just killed, both of them were dead. And it's this horrible thing. And he's like, I swear an oath, you know, whatever. What did he say? I'll bring back Tien. Yeah, he says promise him bring back Tian, which we all know he doesn't bring back Tian at this point. Yeah, so he brings an oath. Which we haven't figured out why he 
why Tian died. And honestly, Kaladin, don't be making promises that you cannot keep. You know? Mm. Is this the one where they're like sitting in the uh, in like the, the riddance on the roof where it's mm-hmm. kind of like lightly raining? Yeah. And like Kaladin is just depressed and mopey again. And like, what does Tian do? He like shows up with a horse, like a little toy Trying horse. To be all happy. And Tian is just like always happy. happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it could be like the shittiest thing is going on but like Tien embodies the ideals that like Kaladin should be embodying almost because Tien like really does embody that journey before destination thing where he's like hey yeah no we're this is just a step in where we're going and we need to enjoy this time that we're spending together so so he's like Kaladin's always been mopey yeah I guess Kaladin's always been mopey especially in like the riddance and stuff but that's more symbolism for like how he is one with okay. whatever his magic. Okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep but, going about um, Tien. In the no, but Tien is just his, the fact that he's always cheerful kind of embodies that journey before destination, which is like the that radiant thing that Teth was talking about earlier. And uh, I don't know, it's really cool. And this scene specifically where he gives him a wooden horse is going to really have a lot of payoff, but it's not going to be for like a couple more books. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Are you kidding yeah. me? That's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He gives him it's a really curved, cool. carved wooden horse. Well, it's just like, because I had read all of them, and now I'm coming back, and it's like, oh, my God, I forgot all these, like, details that have been put into this book that, like, holy crap, that's I kinda amazing. I kind of like when things happen like that, though. Yeah. Like, like, well, he planned that that far in advance? Like, Probably six not. Six years. Like, Maybe it's he did. amazing. Anyway, so then we uh, we jump back over to Shallon, and she's uh, she's studying her little Gavilar meetings. What is the Cavalar or Gal Gavilar Gavilar and the Parshman relationship? What do I need to remember? There is a lot. Okay, tell me. And it gets fed to you throughout the books. You just have to well, read it and find out. In this one, in this in one. In this one, at this point, Gavilar, I guess we could just say he met these Parshendi. Yes. And then he was he looking for was something. Looking for something, parts. and then they betrayed him and killed him. Yes. That's all that you know. That's all you okay. need. That's all that you need to know right now. I right guess. now, in, but then they didn't set up like void bringers and. Yeah. The, the, There's a lot in this chapter that you gonna you can sift through. And then on the second read through, you're like, Am I oh my God, it's all right here. Read that chapter? Um, no. Okay, well, okay. So the only thing that I had mentioned on here was they're talking about, um, God, like some kind of dual natures. Like men can choose between good and evil. Yes. Like there's a big thing on that. But then they also mention like void bringers and dawn singers as well. And because I think it's kind of. There's a bit of a parallelism because your void bringers are like the demons, right? Right. Like they're the big, scary, fiery monster, whatever. Then no one knows what they look like. And no one knows sure. what they look like, but Jesus, they're like the most horrible thing ever. Mm-hmm. But then he also have the dawn singers, who they described as the beneficial spread, helping humanity after they got cast out of the tranquiline halls. And then uh, the void bringers, like the, the beings born of hatred. So it was kind of cool, whereas like men get to choose between the dawn, the good or the evil. But then it also shows you like two different dichotomies of stuff, and it's just. It's kind of cool, and uh, okay. I think you're gonna. It's gonna take a while before you kind of see what's happening here, okay. but that's a thing. Okay. You should log that in your brain as a okay. uh, as a deal. Yep. Okay, okay. Cool. So then they go back to good old Kaladin, and this is where he's riding the high storm, and he sees Seth. Jeffrey, this is you. You missed that Shalyn almost killed herself. Oh wait, what? 
Oh my god, I missed that. Oh, this is where she's running away from the the diamond, the shape people. In the yes. Face. Oh my god, yeah. So she, those guys you saw earlier, the 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 shape they're chasing faces, her. They're chasing her, yeah. And then she's she's taking pictures and she sees them and they're like, oh my gosh, is this whole suspenseful thing? And then she runs back to her room, and uh, she slams the door shut or something, and she she whoops into Shadesmar, which is that like uh, realm with the sun and the, and the clouds are going towards the sun and the little goblet is like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. And she's like, bam! And she doesn't know, but she accidentally like soul casts it into a thing of blood and they're like, oh my God, what happened? They bust in. She, she's like, shit, I can't let them know that I soul cast on accident. So she fakes killing herself to see all the blood around. Is it important that she soul casted blood? Um, Yes. But it's not like it critically important to like whatever you're thinking. This blood is one of the essences, so it's easier to soul cast, so it's more of a natural thing, as opposed to like important to like Shallon's specific abilities. If that makes any sense. Okay. And I think there's a garnet on the soul caster too. So that uh, Oh okay. That helps her as well. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh did you we just pass pass that over? Sorry, I can't that believe that. That was an extremely yeah, that was important a, part. That was a big deal. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Because <laughs> she's running away, she runs in the cast bowl, cast bowl's like, I'm gonna leave. And she's like, she's like, whatever, I'm gonna change my spirits, uh, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> but it thinks, I'm out. I don't know why she just now figured out that they were chasing her because they she's she drew them earlier when she was at the dinner with the king and there there they were and then now she's hearing a little whisper so they just seem to be the, following the ghost her. you're mentioning earlier. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was these symbol heads. Oh, so this is different. Those symbol heads, the same voice you heard earlier in that room. Okay, but the things that are chasing her. And then the her. same thing I said, who are you? Yeah, and yeah. then the things that are chasing her now. Yeah, same thing. Same, same. So why is she not, why is she, like, they're, of course they're following you. Know, I guess they have been closer and closer. Yeah. And the thing, and you're like. Ah. But then can, if they can't really do anything to you, I guess it's still kind of spooky. Well, I mean, it's terrifying, you know? Like if someone told you there was a ghost behind that door, you'd have, you Ooh. know. If I open this door, there's going to be a ghost that walks in the but air and your back of your neck it? is going to open and. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, what does it do? Well, I think ghosts are stupid because, you know, oh, what's ghosts going to do? Flip the lights back on and off? Ooh, big scary, Mr. Ghost. It, but people know. actually have a big thing about being terrified of ghosts. So this is kind of the same thing. Like, Shaolin is terrified. There's an unseen creature following her. I mean, that, that's terrifying. You don't that's know what's really up. Creepy. You don't know what is yeah. going to happen. But I don't know why she decided to, like, go by herself in a room and be like, we're people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, maybe because she's... Thinking she's crazy. And I think a part of her knows something about this. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's like, oh, shit. Some foreshadowing. Yeah. I think uh, if ghosts were following me, I would not go by myself in a room. Oh, I would yes. go find people. And and then... Preferably a church, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's a capital. He's a priest. Couldn't he just be like, <gasps> bah, exercise me? So, yeah, there's a whole thing. She can soul cast, by the way. Shannon can do it. Good for her. She says she doesn't know how she did it or something, but she'll figure it out, I'm sure. She'll figure it out. Yep. I'm sure. Um, also, there's a thing where she had to, like, she had to convince a thing to soul cast. Well, Caspel talked to her about soul casting, didn't he? It's more, like, mysterious or... You just tap the gym and put it on is what he said. And she's like, well, that's not how Shalit Jazza does it. She says that they're very mysterious about it or something. Like, there's something else that goes so on. mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. Thanks for the help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, yeah, giving, yeah. That's cool. you giving directions. You just, uh, you just, you just, you just touch it. That was me when I was like trying to teach my buddies how to do calculus. You're like, no, no, you just you just do it. And you're like, <laughs> that's not how you do it. No, you have to actually tell me how. No. Um, all right, so sorry. Now we go into to Kaladin. 
Yes. As he's the high storm, he's bursting around. You get to see a cool, like, overboard <laughs> Roshar. It's awesome. Are the visions trying to help him escape? I don't know if they have anything to do with what Kaladin's physically trying to do. I think it's trying to progress Kaladin. Into knowing where things are or to give him information? Because he kind of uses it as a way to escape, I believe. I don't know about that. I don't think so. Because he's like, oh, is that really over there? Could we go over there? Oh, yeah. No, no, I I think that's just a... That might be a side. Okay. Side, Benny. This is more of... Whatever this thing is that gave him, talking to him to have an avenue to talk to him and to call him child of honor and to warn him about odium coming. And uh, Kaladin is like, what in the holy hand grenade is all this about? And because uh, Kaladin is actually like really going to call him a child of honor. So there's something to do with honor on this. He's a lot of honor. Yeah. He sacrificed himself to go with his brother. And there's a whole thing about, if you see a little book about his development and like being honorable and Kaladin is just like, embodying this. So he... Must have some kind of spiritual connection to this thing in that he can talk to him directly like this. Which is, is this the same as Dalinar? It is similar. Similar, but it's not the same. Cool. So they're not like connected? They're connected. They're very, very closely connected, but they're not the exact same. And we can talk about that when you finish the book about what that is. I like um, in this chapter that they. Because he goes into town, essentially, at one point. Yeah. And he sees that um, one of the guard guys is, like, beating up the prostitute. Oh, yes. And he was, like, going to go save the prostitute, but he was like, I seem to get everyone killed. Um, this is when Dalinar's son yep. comes in and kind of saves her. And, the, and I was like, well, that's a cool kind of, like, connection to Dalinar, like, an indirect They've now kind of seen their first, like, glimmer of a connection. Right, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool because there's a world that's going on and they're interacting through the world, so it kind of shows that. But also, yeah. like, kind of shows the parallel between Kaladin and Adeline, right? Because Adeline doesn't have all this fancy, not fancy, but, like, Kaladin has a lot of backstory with being very specifically towards, like I said earlier, about being honorable or whatever. And Adeline has a different backstory towards it. Well, he's known like, as a ladies' man. Yes. Adeline has, you know, a father who's big into this, you know, honor thing and the honor culture or whatever. And, you know, even if Kaladin doesn't necessarily step up, Adeline will Do like, it. take up the slack. And I feel like this is a little bit of a promise. Okay. And it kind of is a bit of foreshadowing, perhaps, maybe. Oh, I like that. Where it's kind of cool, where it's like, hey, look, Kaladin was like, nah. And Ad- Adeline was like, no, no, no. This is, I'm, someone's protecting this girl. Yeah. You know, and it's actually really cool. Right. And it also badass. showed that Adeline was, because the girl was like, ooh, I'll, you know, do you want me to hook up with you? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dream on, dweeb. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, I mean, I had my own opinions about that, but. Uh, is this where they get Shen, the parchment, as well? This is the same chapter where they get Shen. I don't know, but I don't where they, uh, no, they go. It's yeah. not the same chapter. This is the same chapter. This is right here. They get it? Yeah. The, oh. They, they, uh, they, they call him Shen because they can't bother. Oh, they, they, got, they got him right before this, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So that's actually kind of important. That kind of ties back to earlier because it's like they could, I think that later they even do this, but they, they kind of ingrain him into the group. 
Yeah. As opposed to, like, keeping them out and, like, being all scared of them or being, like, you know, oh, I hate you, you're a slave. Like, they're slaves. And it's, like, I know, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. So you're, like, okay. And there kind is of somehow, like, like, a pecking order in yeah. the slaves. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're all just <laughs> bottom of the barrel. But that kind of ties back in earlier where they, uh, they were talking about how men can choose good or evil mm-hmm. and, like, specifically... Uh, Shen, you know, he's he, there's an opportunity here for him to be, you know, good, the resident demon void bringer thing, but he ends up like being incorporated into the group and mm-hmm. like, you know, he's your fucking good guy now, kind of, right? Because he's okay. your buddy, he's your buddy, yeah, to talk metaphorically. I guess. Sorry, I just really like Kaladin and Adeline's kind of budding friendship. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, give this message to the dude. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Fuck off. Yeah, I like that. That means... Yeah, go fucking pound sand, dude. Me that was cool. Yeah. Flips him an emerald chip. Kaladin's like, wow, an emerald chip. That's amazing. But I'm not giving you that message. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You light-eyes piece of crap. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty fun. I think that's a... Cute. It's kind of cute because it does show that like there's a there's a bit of an animosity between the two of them because uh-huh. Adeline, as great and honorable as he is, he is still like yes, a, a light high eye. prince. Like yes. he's as high of a line eyes, he's as light as light eyes as you can get. Mm-hmm. And Kaladin is literally as low as the dark eyes as you could get. And so it's going to be that, you know, it would have been horrible if like Brandon had thrown in that like they were just gonna hit it off immediately. Yeah, like they're worlds apart. Exactly. Despite the fact that they're like idealistically perhaps aligned, like there's just I liked a big it so much. There. Yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> Anyways, this is back uh, about a year ago. This is back to that battle that I had earlier in the book. Yes. Okay. Continue, and I will. I will tell you what I think about this chapter. Oh. Oh. Okay. So um, this is where that windsprint is like making his pout stick to his belt. Makes him stumble. It makes me think. I think that windsprint is. Oh, I thought that too. Sil. I thought yeah, so too. I thought that when I was reading it too, and then, you know, Which, he, I wonder if that's why Sil's following him. But continue. He's basically like, hey, this is where he's, he gives a little backstory on how he got sent into his little squad, and then uh, basically showing how. This was essentially. Sin, it's basically yeah. from Kaladin's viewpoint of that earlier battle that Sen had witnessed Kaladin do. Exactly. And it ends with like um, Sen getting trampled to death, and he hears death rattle, which I don't remember what he said. Okay, now I like the chapter a little bit more. I didn't think of it like, oh, this was Kaladin's perspective of, like, the first chapter we heard yeah, of Kaladin. of that John the Baptist um, chapter. No, I this do is like from this Kaladin's chapter then. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I think, and it was... I, I take... What are you getting? Like, it was badass? Well, this was... Continue, and I'll so tell you So then he goes and he, like, finds... The honor guard mm-hmm. is running away. They're cowards, right? Yes. Oh, wow, another fuck... Now, incredibly in-your-face symbolism. The honor guard <laughs> is running away, and who is running in to save Cameron but Kaladin? And he doesn't have any weapons. Like, he has a spear against an un- invincible tank with, like, a magic sword. Because they're fighting this. The shard bearer is yeah. coming after Amaram. Right. So he's like, oh, I gotta protect my, my, my lord or whatever. Like, he can't protect himself. It's like, I gotta jump in there he and save him. He made it seem really easy to kill a shard blade. blade um, it was incredibly difficult, right? Because like, you just got it in the eye. You got him through the isolate, which was dope as hell. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, so all I have to do is have good aim? That seems incredibly easy. Well, normally, they have, like, a, a visor over their eyes, so it's not like that. Okay. I don't know, maybe this scene, he just did it to be awesome. Like, there's a little bit... Sanderson has a thing where he's like, he's got some rules about the medic system, and one of them is... 
the rule of awesome. Whereas if it's awesome, just let it happen. Okay. Like, because that's awesome. He just, okay. he goes over, he chips his, like, spear off, and he, like, spins in mid-air, grabs it, and just shanks him right in the eyeball. Oh, like, that was awesome. you know what my problem is? I don't like these fight scenes. Oh, what? <laughs> that was so badass. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah. Like, when that happened, I think I stood up. I was like, fuck yeah, Kaladin. That was <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think I did. I think I had to stand up and just be like, wow, that was cool. It's like turned around, grabs him in the air, and stabbed him in the eyes. Oh, my God. It was so cool. It read like a, I don't know, uh, like like, a, like, an, like an anime or something crazy. Or like something out of, straight out of the Matrix. I don't know. Or like he grabs and you just, wow, it was so cool. Oh, my God. I was really going, can we get to the point? Oh, what? <laughs> and the point was that Kaladin killed a shard bearer. Which means he gets the shard plate. Right. And I was like, I knew that how many chapters ago you told me no new information. What do you mean no new information? I knew that he killed a shard bearer. Well, he killed the shard bearer to protect Amram, the guy that took his brother away from him. Yeah, but we kind the of The guy that, that literally... I guess it just kind of like... Causes all of his problems. Well, it's why he Just like Roshan caused his father all his problems. Have you noticed that if he just lets the light eyes die, his life is ten times better? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point, in a sense. But, like, he's acting honorably, and it is kind of backfiring. Like, that's the price of morality in this world, it seems to be, is that you're going to get taken advantage of. Oh, yeah, in some sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know. Right? I think the fight scenes are because the world isn't honorable. He is an honorable man in a dishonorable world, and so it kind of comes back to him. It's the fight scenes for me. You know, it's the fight. This was awesome. Oh my gosh, I remember being like, like cheering him on. Like it was, it was so oh. cool. <laughs> Anyways, so he he doesn't want to become a light eyes. So he's like, no, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. Well, he's something inside of him didn't feel right taking it, taking it. And so he gave it to his, um, the other guy, right? Then you yeah, take it. Tor, and he walked off. Time. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Well, I think this is also pretty cool because like, early he's talking about, hey, we're fighting these border disputes. They're not very honest. Why don't we do the real fighting? Okay. Like where I can actually serve a purpose. Like we're just fighting each other over these stupid things well, over like legalese, but where the border is. also why he, got the shard he was gonna kill the shard bear guy because he also was like if I if we go and win this battle they'll move us on yeah like he wanted us to, to live so to go to the shattered plains yeah. and find the real fight and then he got really mad because um they, the shard bear killed all of like a lot of his friends so he went on so he's not. Is he? Was he really killing the shard bearer to protect Amram, or was he killing the shard bearer? He did bearer? not have to run across the battlefield and kill that guy. The honor guard was fleeing. He could have ran away too. I, I, it did not matter. Okay. Honestly. Okay. And then, uh, you know, if he would have taken those plates, it's one of those. You damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. don't. Yeah. Well, if he would have taken that plate, then it would have given him everything he ever wanted, right? Because not Lyrian, but what, what's that girl's name? Back in Hearthstone, who was like, if you get a, a shard blade or a shard blade, we could be together forever. <laughs> right? Laurel. Laurel. Yeah. Laurel. You know, and he, uh, he he gives that up because it doesn't feel would, right. Like, that should yeah. be a thing. Like, the feeling that he gets, when he, without even touching it, 
he feels wrong to him. And that's that's critically important for I later in the story. so, too. But then wouldn't Dalinar not feel right about it? But Dalinar doesn't feel right about killing people. Dalinar already had all that stuff. Because he's a prince and been oh, his and this life. is now new to him. This he's is, like yeah. something is off. Something's about off killing. about this plate and this sword, and so I just I feel repulsed in, by it. It's like a, it's be- like a disgust, and that's important. Because in the beginning, Later. in like the very first chapter, the what are the ten people called again? The Herald's baby. Yes. Put their their swords, it doesn't matter, it's a title. Put their swords away because they were saying that they were done with fighting. Yes. Yet this entire... Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. This entire society is all about fighting. Right. I feel like... There is something there, or am I way off? You could be right a little bit thematically, for sure. People trying to people trying to end the cycle of violence. endless violence. Yeah, yes. I could see that. Okay. For sure, the only way you really could stop that is to stop fighting. It just seems like a sort of a parallel. So I'm like, how are Kaladin and Dalinar connected back to these nine heralds or whatever? It becomes very obvious later. Okay. Yeah. Does it have to do with the tenth guy? <laughs> <laughs> Very possible. Okay. All right. We'll continue. So okay. So let me get. So it was a much better chapter than I than I than I gave it credit for. First, when I put it down, I went, I already knew that. <laughs> I knew all this information. Yeah, but you could see from Kaladin's POV. I know. And it's awesome. Imagine if they didn't have that send chapter in the beginning, and they just like had this chapter, you'd be like, I guess oh, that's weird. That's true. You were correct. I guess it's dope. Like, you got to see it from I both just, angles. I got no new information. You saw how Kaladin did it and what he had to do to do but it, which is run is into the middle of a battle with I, somebody on his peak and his ass I kicked. I already know ass. that Kaladin is honorable. <laughs> yeah, but it also sets up a later thing, which is a very similar thing. There's a whole, this is awesome. The okay. scene kicks so ass. This just scene, know okay. this kicks ass. That's what you need to know here. Okay. Yes. Continue. Continuing. Jesus. <laughs> Strawberry. That's chapter 48. So she's sketching while she's on Suicide Watch. Right. And, you know, she's like, oh, wow, look, my safe pouch still has my uh, soul caster in it. That's so weird. Yeah, I'm really weird about this safe uh, pouch thing. Yeah. Like, wow. Tarvangian comes in. A... And he's like, oh, I'm such a nice guy. He <laughs> Who? I'm old King Tarvangian. Oh, Cass- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Orange guy. Orange and white guy. Yeah. And uh, Jasna gives her... He does her... seem like a nice guy. Is he not a nice guy? Tarvangian such a sweetheart. Is he... Oh, my God. Is he not a sweetheart? I, what? What did you take from that? Your face. What? <laughs> I looked at your face. Tarvangian? No. He's a sweetheart. No, he's not a horrible person. Oh, no. Because they talk about how he made this really nice hospital, and he, he, he spends a day going to, like, visit everyone in the hospital. They make him seem to be nice. Yeah, well... Did he do he, something shitty that I didn't know about in this chapter? Honey, there's, there's a lot in this universe But so far, That happens. Okay, I get that uh, you, you... Okay, oh. You know what? You like Teravangian. That is on record as you liking Teravangian. Oh, no! And so whenever we come back to this, you go, oh, my God. And it's awesome because he planted a lot of this stuff. So Jasmine's talking about apologizing, but she can't because she's like, oh, I'm not really going to apologize. You should write about everything. I'm just totally awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Blah, blah, blah. So she gives her this 
Um, you should you should think about that, yeah. Jasna. Why are you so bad at apologizing? Yeah. So she gives her this book of endless pages. Yeah. And then uh, I thought it was cute. Which I think is fun. It's more like a journal. Because then they mention how she's trying to be, she's she's to seek truth while holding on to her faith. That was Not something that Jasna can't really do because Jasna doesn't have faith. But like seeking truth while holding on to just like some core part of yourself is actually like really important to Shallon's character. And that is like a seed that kind of gets paid off later as well. So just FYI, little flag. Oh, that was actually really important, this book of endless pages. <clears throat> because, because of the metaphor behind it. Yeah. I like the metaphor behind it. It's cool. It's like journal. I call it a journal. It's not a journal. It is a journal. It's a metaphor. It's, it's a, a metaphor. metaphor. So this is where Capsule comes in with his little poison jam. Hey, uh, eat the jam. And you're like, oh my God, enough for the fucking jam. I think I told you that while I was reading this. I said, God, his jam is being really weird. Like, he just took another level of this weirdness. Well, I was like, why is Sanderson writing this? Because, I mean, they usually do a back and forth about jam, but it just seemed a bit much. You're like, Jesus, is this a fetish for him at this point? Yeah, I think I just like, <laughs> And in the end, you're like, oh, it was poison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a twist. Well, this is why I also... Because so, obviously, Caspel poisons Jasna with the bread. Yes. And the jam is the antidote. Yes. You were saying. It was supposed to be, anyway. It was supposed to be the antidote. So, if Shallon had left earlier, like she was supposed to, Jasna never would have eaten that bread. Jasna's feeling guilty for overworking Shallon and knows that Shallon likes this jam and bread. And so, Jasna's eating the bread almost out of, like, guilt. And that guilt almost kills her, right? Yeah. But she never would have eaten the bread if Shalom wasn't around. So she never would have gotten poisoned, which was honestly, Caspel, move on from the bread. <laughs> that was a really shitty um, way to almost kill someone because you think she has a soul caster, right? And she... Was going to soul cast um, Shallon's blood. Shallon's blood, and Shallon had the soul caster and had to give it back to Jasna to actually soul cast the blood. Right. So it was like Caspel, you weren't gonna kill her anyways with poison. What the heck? Yeah. Well, it's something to think about. Uh, Jasna had some bread or no? Did they say? Yeah. So Jasna didn't get poisoned. Shallon got poisoned. She ate the bread, but then she also had some of the jam. Or at least Capsule had the jam he put in his mouth, but he runs away and passes out. He dies. He dies. Well, we find out next chapter or something. Yeah, so there's something to that. You should be thinking about, like, wait, wait, why didn't Jasmine die? Jasmine's fine. How was Jasmine fine? Didn't Jasmine use But then Shallon, Shallon had jam, and she dies? You're like, what's going on here? But yeah, there's a thing. So it sounds confusing on purpose? Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's a payoff later. It's a small one. It's just a minor stupid thing. Okay. But yeah, that is something you should be asking. You, you're right to think about it. Like, wait a minute. Jasna was eating the bread and he could have just killed Jasna without even bringing in the middle of this crap into it. But it was like, oh, he liked, he wanted to save Shallon for some reason. But I think there's a connection with who Copsol is as a person and Shallon that like and Caspel is was trying beyond to keep... just like the romance. I think the romance is a cover. I'm not too sure, but that's what oh, I'm thinking. Oh, I thought maybe rage. the people who was working with got upset about it, so they were just going to go kill Shallon or something. Mm. Well, he was trying to save Shallon. 
I got real confused. Yeah, he was like, no, no, I'm here to targetly kill Jasmine with the bread, but then save you and me with the jam, because the antidote's in the jam. All right, so then uh, we move back on to Kaladin. Gosh, I love this fucking They're kid. just doing training. And God, they're safe. good. You know, they're, they're, it's a whole thing with Teft and Kaladin and Rock. It's just like Bridge 4 being Bridge 4. Right, it's all you know? it is. And you're like, oh, I just love Teft. It's nice. Oh, I love Scar, because Scar's like, can't even push Kaladin over, and everyone's just like an awe of Kaladin and his little stances. And it's... Camaraderie? Yeah, it's the camaraderie there. And there's a blurb about passion is what makes us human, um, and it's all right to care. Like, that was what they're telling, like, Kaladin, like, hey, it's okay. And then, by the way, that's incredible foreshadowing for later. What is? Something when they say passion is what makes us human. Okay. That's a very key line, just heads up, for you. There's no payoff to that in this book, but for future books. Passion is what makes us human. It's all right to care. Okay. And then uh, they talked about how the bridgemen, because um, at the end, what is it? Kaladin's like, I have the perfect set of recruits because these guys have all this adversity and they've been through all this trouble, so like perfect soldiers, whatever. Right. And it's very similar to, you never read Dune. No. No. But he basically... There are movies coming out, though. <laughs> yeah, second one, yeah. Uh, basically, there was a blurb where, like, hey, look, the hardships of Arrakis is making these Fremen a perfect kind of soldier because they're, okay. like, all these desert wanderers, desert people, and they're, like, super tough. So it, it kind of, like, wait, it kind of seems that's what Sanderson's going for. Okay. Where, oh, these bridgemen are, like, have been forged by the fire or bridge work. And so, like, super awesome. Uh, and there's a theme that adversity makes you stronger. Right, which goes to that journey before destination, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a thematic motif of this whole thing. Yes. Is that the journey the is what journey. makes you stronger. Like, mm-hmm. for example, we all die. The we destination don't. for all of us is the same. Death. <laughs> yeah, the end, the end destination. We all die. It's about what our life is about. Yeah, that, I guess so. You know? Anywho, so uh, now we're back to Shallon. Oh, after she got her, her blood soul casted. And, uh, they moved into a private room. Mm-hmm. And Jasna's like, who ordered you to steal my soul caster and to kill me? And, and Shallon's like, I did it on my own volition. She's like, no, you didn't. And it was a whole he thing. He tells her the whole How story. did you not believe that I could do this? Like, Shallon had a whole thing. Like, you would think that if someone came up to me, I would be cowed. But Shallon, like, was not. <laughs> she mm-hmm. kind of, like, threw it right back at Jasna. She's mm-hmm. like, what, you don't think I'm good enough to do that? Like, forget you. I, I did it of myself. Yes, you know, I'm smart enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the fact that she didn't cower about it, like she she threw up there, it was pretty cool. Anyway, so then we go back. This is the last chapter of the book. Yes. Uh, of the part three. Okay. Kaladin. This is where he. Uh, oof! This is the big one. This is the big character development. Oh. <laughs> yep. Ram Ram just basically slaughters Kaladin all his men. All of his friends. All of his friends and marks him as a slave and says, "Get out of here." All because he didn't take the, the shard, shard bear or the yeah. shard plate become a shard bear. Because Amram was like, this is for the good of my men. Which I kind of think is like a BS escape route, you know? Well, it also ties into what we were saying earlier about Jasna saying, oh, I killed those people to stop them from killing other people. Yeah. This is a similar thing what Amram was saying. Yeah, but Amram like, doesn't I didn't make take any this sense. So that, my, so that you don't come back and kill me. And like, like it's all these like... like Conditional future unknowns. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah. if if Kaladin had taken the shard bearer, the right? Shard, the shard, shard plate. plate, sorry. Yeah. And become the shard bearer, the entire everyone would hate Amaram. I think that doesn't. No, no. If if Kaladin had taken the shard 
played. played the shard, whatever. He would have gotten everything. He would have gotten everything he ever wanted in that moment. Yeah. He would be a light eyes. He would have instant Don yes, status. But, but my, my point is, is that how would Amram have been affected if Kaladin took it? Amram would be better off if he didn't take it. If he did take it. Because then Kaladin is now like one of his lieutenants or one of his like men in his army. Who but the, the other guy took it. So why does it but matter? But if Kaladin doesn't take it, then Amram, there's a thing. There's, I mean, I think there was a precedent. He might have mentioned it. Where like, Kaladin, you're really good with the spear and you're just going to come back and kill whoever has it because you're going to regret this horrible but decision that you made. But his friend had it. His friend took it. Well, it's going to be a thing. There's going to be infighting, and I don't think that no makes- one's going to appreciate it. You want it, you take it. It didn't make any sense. He to had- me, it was a BS excuse. Well, it, yeah, it's BS excuse. Because Amram yes, sure. wanted the shard plate for himself and to not have anyone else question it. Right, so the ends justified the means for Amram. Right? Him getting the plate but justified it- the means of killing Khaled and all his buddies. So if Kaladin had just given it to Amram, would it have been fine? It probably would have been fine. But Amram would have had a set of plate and stuff. Like, Kaladin is upsetting everyone's natural order. So like, if Kaladin took it, everyone would be cool. Like, he wouldn't have any problems. But because Kaladin gave it to not a Light Eyes or his Amram friends. or his buddy or anyone, he gave it to some other random fucking Dark Eyes in his, what you know, core up for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah. what? No, no, now everybody wants that plate, and now you're going to, because it's up for giving away, but and you just give it to somebody? Why? Like, no, everyone's going to come and try to kill Korob now. Everybody, he, Kor, the guy. Korob's life is in danger. Korob should have taken it and put it on himself and been like, if you wanted Amram, you're going to have to kill me. Right. Why did that not happen? Well, because. Because, I mean, why, if, if this they, is Because so... Kaladin is naive, and he assumed that Amram was an honorable man. Yes, but if he that's seems, he literally seems why to this dis- happened. Kaladin seems to just disrupt things left and right. He disrupted yes. it with the bridge crew. He yep. disrupting it with the shard plate. But if he had given it to Corb and Corb just put it on and then kept it on, right? Yep. Then he would have been like, "You can have it, Amaran, but you're gonna have to take it from me." And I know you can't kill a, a shard bearer, and I know that your men run away. So I don't. I don't understand why this happened, is my point. Ah, well, it happened because they want that, and so they took it. And so, oh, first uh, thing to say, this is where he mentions Thytokar for the first time. What's Thytokar? Thytokar is a name that comes up again in book four, and I was reading this going, holy shit, they mentioned Thytokar in book one. What's That's amazing. Thytokar? Who's that? What did he do in this chapter? Well, Amram said, who was trying to kill me? Was it Thytokar? He wouldn't have done this. He's something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was very, like, offhanded, like... Oh, how funny. Like, oh, that was So I'll find out in, like, two years who that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then that's the end of part three. Is there going to be uh, a time where Kaladin, like, confronts Amram? Oh, I can't wait for that scene. I'm sure there's a scene where Kaladin confronts Amram. Amram's Perhaps. I hope so. Perhaps. I hope so. I can't wait for that. Is that, that. Is that a is that a prediction? Mm-hmm. Mark yes. it. That's that's another prediction. Okay. Mark it. I don't know Jeez. where I'm marking it. Oh. Mark it. <laughs> Mark it. Anyways. Are you marking it down? I'm marking it. Oh, okay. Well, you kind of highlight that so you find Amram, it. Amram, Kaladin. 
confrontation. Yeah, another one. We'll have to work that okay. later. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're in the interludes. Yeah, so. the interludes, by the way. Awesome. Oh, um, had nothing to do with the story. No, they don't. And that's kind of fun about the interludes is it can be like, oh, what's this? This is a fun little thing. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Well, this, this one, a- they're talking about the old magic and the night watcher birds. Oh, I guess that matters. Okay. So that's important because it's later. It's like a little we later up the setup. Old magic before. Yes. And uh, so when you go to the night watcher, there's always a boon and a curse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's yes. something, and it doesn't matter what, how you word it. Yes. It doesn't matter anything else. You're going to have a boon and a curse. And well, sometimes related. I, I forget who it was. It was like, oh, my dad went, but like he had, he saw everything upside down or like he was on like the ceiling and everything was upside down. Yeah. And he eventually just learned to live with it. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's just one of those things that's important um, for later. And then there's also a deal with this mistress who is destroying works of art. Yeah. I was like, oh. she's, she's scratching out eyes and she's beating things with a mallet. So the uh, next interlude, there's these like guys talking about sprints. Yeah. And uh, it's basically just kind of give you background sprints. Yeah. It's kind of a strange thing. You're never going to see these two characters ever again. Anywho. And then interlude nine was... Is Seth kicking ass? Who am, Who are you? Death. Death. I thought that was cool. Yeah. At the very end. And this so, is his... He's killing. He's murdering like, yeah. everyone. And it's pretty badass because it shows you that just like... Seth isn't just good with the sword. Like... Oh, he just that like, was dropped really the cool. sword and just kicks ass with he was his like, abilities. And they think this is the weapon. I'm the weapon. I'm the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, funny. it's badass, dude. And yeah. Seth is. Uh, I just feel so bad for him because, well, I felt so he he, cause he was like, I don't really want to kill all these like innocent bystanders, and then but but the king I will. Then, anyways, so the king said, oh, I knew you were coming, and he was like, you he, he knew I was coming, and he decided to have a party. Like, you jerk! Like, I'm okay killing you now. You idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he essentially sentenced everyone to no, death. My favorite parts of this book were when Seth's around. I love Because he's Seth. awesome. Yeah. No, it's a super kick-ass well, character. I, I, I hate what he does, He, but, you know, his the way that he's written makes him, you know, not, like, totally hate the fact that he's just this serial killer. Right. But it's cool because he is literally the opposite of Kaladin. So like yeah. Kaladin understands that there are rules and there's laws and he has to come through. His whole character arc is that like there are rules but when you're following the rules to the letter you can also be dishonorable despite mm-hmm. the fact that you're following the law and that you have to kind of like find your own way forward while operating within the realm of like you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Literally Kaladin's whole thing is about honor whereas Seth is like, no, no, I'm going to follow this rule of the laws of my oath stone to the letter, despite the fact that I'm doing abhorrent, murderous things. I'm killing all these people. I'm doing all this awesome, crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's justified because, you know, it's what I'm. It's the law. I have to do this. I'm truthless. I, I have to follow the oath stone. Like that's, that's literally oh, blind. Oh, that truthless means? Well, truthless means that, you know, basically... You'll get into it later. But okay. He's like a liar. I don't believe what he was saying. So then he's exiled from his community and he has to follow the commands of someone with the stone. Oh, when he got exiled, that's when he got the stone. I, th- I think that's how it works. I'm not sure. They haven't really explained it yet, to be honest with you. That's what I've assumed. But they have, I missed it. So basically, Seth is so following I... the letter of the lock. Like, you have to do this. And he's like, fuck, I guess I have to do this. Okay. Despite the fact, like, he, he's not implying any brain power to, like, should I do this? Whereas Kaladin's entire thing is, what should I do? Okay. Whereas 
Seth's whole thing is, tell me what to do. Since there's an arc with Cap, is there going to be an arc sort of with Seth? Is he eventually going to say enough? Maybe. That's another prediction. Okay, that's another prediction. Mark uh, it. Uh, mark that. <laughs> mark it. Mark it for that the old. Seth uh, is fine. But, I mean, with Seth all the murdering Ar- he's done, I'm really not sure what is going to be enough for him. I assumed that it was some, like, magical kind of power that he had to do it. Not because he was told, hey, whoever carries the stone tells you to do what you have to do. I thought it was more of, a like, a compulsion Seth's ability is kind of foreshadowing what Kaladin's abilities might end up being. You're seeing all this kick-ass stuff that Seth's doing, and you're like, well, how the fuck? Because, I mean, we're reading the book, and we know that Kaladin's the main character, and we know that Seth is obviously the bad guy, mm-hmm. right? Or whoever oh, whoever else is going to happen. I see Seth as the bad guy. He's I... murdering people this entire book. He's the puppet. He's the bad guy's puppet. Okay, but there's going to be a conflict between those two guys, right? Kaladin and Seth. Oh, no way. There has to be. Oh, I mean, at this point I in the book, like, that's what you're thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yes. Like, no, they had like him assassinate Gavilar, oh, and now they're on this whole thing where, like, he's yeah, kicking all these guys' asses. I think that Seth was going to... I thought maybe... Him and Kaladin are foils, right? Yeah. And then they're going to have to have something... Anyway, what I'm saying is... How did I not see that? Seth is the standard. Like, <gasps> he's, he's throwing so it in there. There's going to be a scene... But 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 Seth wants to die, so if Kaladin kills him, it's okay. But that seems kind of like, like oh okay, like that doesn't seem as I don't know. That would seem to be really lame if Kaladin. So what's your prediction? Seth. Well, I really hope it's not just Kaladin killing Seth. That would what, that would what, make what me sad. What would you want? I would prefer maybe Kaladin somehow getting a hold of the stone. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah? Oh, no, 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 keep going, keep going. Kaladin gets a hold of the stone and, like, what, like, freeze him? And freeze him. That would be nice. Oh, that would be I would like that. So that would be a kind of sad ending for Seth that his entire life was just just destroying other people's lives. Shit, I didn't want to ruin anything for you. I'm just saying, like, Um, at this point, it's very obvious, like, thematically, they're foils, like, Kaladin's protecting well, all these people, I mean, right? He's, he's, I assume... He's, okay, I'm sorry. I assume that... Okay. Like, put Seth is going to come after Dalinar. And that Why do you me, say after Dalinar? I don't know. I feel like this... Dalinar is important. But I never thought that Seth was going to come after Kaladin. Oh, that makes me feel so lame. Or well, what if Seth comes after Dalinar or Alagar, and because Kaladin has to or protect... Or or something. Because you remember, Seth's entire shtick is that yeah. he is... Attacking people, he's I, offensive. Kaladin's entire shtick is that he's protecting right. people. So he's am a I paladin. supposed to not like Seth? Yeah, you can like Seth. I think the whole idea is that you do like Seth. Didn't he just literally say, "I am death" in this last thing that you read? Oh, I guess that's true. And you're like, "No, no, no, no. this guy can't be the bad guy." <laughs> he just said, "Who are you?" I am death. Yes. Oh, in a lovable way, though. <laughs> Because I love him. He's great. No, because all he does is get used to kill people. My, his actions have nothing to do with his volition. He's literally carrying out the letter I of the law. I legitimately thought it was some sort of like magical thing where he had to, 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 to follow the stone. Not like he uh, and whoever, you know, like 
whoever has the stick gets to talk. That's you basically know? it. Yeah, who is the conch shell gets to talk. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, well, well, like Jasmine said, there's there's natural reasons for things. Like that's her whole shtick, and that's kind of the mm, thing too. Like that makes me yeah, exactly there's no there's no magical way. compulsion. You like it's not whatever. like you, you, you just it's yeah, just like okay. whatever you believe in. Sure. Oh, that makes me not like Seth. You rocked my reading. Okay, I need to oh move on. Oh my god, I'm I sorry. Need to move on. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other uh, any predictions? No, you made me really sad about Seth. Dude, Seth is awesome. You're gonna love Seth. I don't know. I love Seth. Does Seth is tra- one of my favorite characters. <gasps> Does that mean he like? Okay, prediction. Okay. Uh, in the midst of trying to kill Kaladin, um, decides. That he's going to join forces with Kaladin and kill the person behind the shadow. And the That's guy's actually gonna be really like, good But I have the stone. Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck about your rock, <laughs> asshole. Oh, so, what's your overall view and opinion of the uh, story so far? Good. Good, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, it's good. better than it was. Better than it was. It's, it's Is it a page turner now? Yeah, it's a page turner now. Yeah. I was right about Shallon. Jasna really, I'm right about Jasna. She should have gone with her gut. Uh, I was kind of wrong about Caspel. I didn't think that he was going to come in and, and kill. No, because they kind of set it up. Like, all of other Brandon stuff is like, oh, the scholar, whatever, gets the but girl. I, but I, this I, one, like, oh, he dies. And you're like, wait, what? Well, that was really anticlimactic. It was like, oh, he, that's it? He just runs away like a he, coward and dies. Oh, the only love interests in the book are just going <laughs> to kill him? Okay. Whatever. It's pretty funny. Well, he doesn't really do romance very well. That's one of the Clearly. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. How do you think the book's going to end? Where's this climax going to be? Here? I don't know. You, you just finished part three. You have part four to go. What do you think is going to happen in part four? I don't know. Nice. I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm too upset about that. <laughs> I have destroyed your world. <laughs> I should never have said that. You oh, shouldn't my have. I had it all in my head that it was like a magical thing. I had to follow it. Oh, no. All right. Well, um... If you have any... Uh... Like, it wasn't a choice. It is a choice. The fact that it is a choice upsets me. It is a choice. Everything is a choice. I didn't think it was a choice. You you always have a choice in this world. I didn't realize that. You know, you don't... Oh, you always have a choice. Wait, there's magic in this world. There is not magic. There <laughs> is magic and there is magical compulsion, but Seth is not magically being compelled to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's more of a cultural compulsion, mm-hmm. I guess you could like say. Drink myself. Societal and my com- sadness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drink. drink have, a, have a drink for a good old Seth, man. For my, ugh, my nasty crime 19. <laughs> hey, 19 crime wasn't bad. I was, it just needs to, be, it needs to be chilled. It needs to be chilled? Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. It kind of tastes a little sour, to be honest. Ew. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. All right. So uh, feel free to send us an email at drinkingbystormlight at uh, gmail.com or get us at Instagram at drinkingbystormlight. Um, and feel free to give us a review wherever you hear this from. It really helps out the show. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.